here. We are back. We are ready to go. This is Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Grateful again to uh, be in your presence here today, whether you're watching us Facebook Live, you got your earbuds in, or perhaps later on on our podcast. We are sponsored by the Cominius Institute. At the Cominius Institute, we cross three bridges. The first bridge we cross is into college at IUPUI, helping young Christian college students think Christianly about their studies and interact positively uh, and Christianly uh, about the things that they hear and see going on around campus. Uh, we do that weekly during the semesters, spring and fall semesters at IUPUI. Glad to be able to help in that way. The second bridge that we cross is into communities. In fact, that's what this radio show is all about. Uh, we have been doing this for four years now. We have had over 180 episodes, over 200 guests uh, here to talk about various things, uh, whatever it is that they are doing as Christians, doing good in the community based on Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. And the third bridge that we cross is into culture. The cultural bridges that we cross are consistent. That is that we have every single week uh, something called Truth in Two, where we do a video broadcast of one Christian teaching and highlight that then for uh, our audience in social media land. So you can see it on Facebook, you can see it on Twitter, you can see it on LinkedIn. Every single week we're engaging something different about the culture. This week, for instance, we were addressing the issue of the need to respect authority, whatever authorities they may be, and specifically from a very Christian point of view, that is, we're looking at Scripture and saying, what does the Scripture say about these kinds of ideas? So the Cominius Institute, you can find us at cominiusinstitute.org.com, or you can go to my personal website, warpandwoof.org, that's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F, Org, and we're grateful to in, interact uh, with you in any way. Uh, feel free to shoot, shoot us a note, uh, friend me on Facebook, whatever the case. We're grateful for all the people behind the scenes that do such good work. Thinking about Polly Riddell, our Chief Connections Officer, H.B. Bell behind the scenes today taking care of us in terms of uh, publication of what we're doing at the moment, and then later on Josh Collingwood who takes care of all of our digital expertise. But today, we are grateful to be joined here by Howard Bellamy, and Howard is joining us to talk about men and mission. But Howard, as we always do, ahead of uh, whatever it is that we talk about, uh, mm -hmm. always like our guests to give us a little bio. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your family, however you want to roll that out. Okay, thank you. Um, Howard Bellamy, Jr. Uh, I am presently serving as the campus pastor at the Caring Place, uh, right on the corner of 30th and Pulse Road. Um, I have two, three children. I have two sons and a daughter. Um, I presently work at Heritage Christian School as a transportation manager, and I'm just glad to be here. Um, just been a long time, born and raised here in Indianapolis mm. and know the city well. Um, I have been around a lot, have a, a, quite a the testimony as as all of us do so yeah. thank you for having me on the show yeah we're glad that you're here we have a lot to talk about but uh, before we get a little bit any further uh, make sure to give a good shout out to the good woman uh, oh yes at your place. oh yes my lovely wife Lisa uh, I hope she's listening was able to she works um, of course and not yeah. sure if she could tune in but if not she would definitely um, be able to listen to the podcast also I can't um, leave out 
I do have six grandchildren. We Whoa. have nine between us. So Whoa. I have to get a shout out to them. As nine well. grandkids, man, that's great stuff. So this is fantastic. It's always nice to hear about people's family, about your background, the kinds of places that you've come from. Uh, you mentioned, for instance, uh, that you've been around Indianapolis for a long time and the uh, connections that you have, kind of like HB, you know, you've got connections all over the place yes. here. Uh, so it's always nice to have somebody who's more native to mm -hmm. uh, Indianapolis yes. and has uh, the connections. Uh, just let me start with maybe a, a neighborhood kind of question. What kind of things have you seen in and around Indianapolis that have changed in your lifetime? Well, I've seen a lot change. Uh, I grew up in the Riverside area. I uh, went to grade school number 44. Shout out to them mm. and there. And also, I'm a 1973 graduate of Crispus Attucks High School. Crispus Attucks, yes. all right. So, growing up on the west side in the Riverside area, my dad bought a house over in the Riverside area in the early 60s. So, as a as a you know African American young man growing up in the 60s, it was kind of difficult in yep. that area. Um, when we grew up in that area, we could not go into the Riverside Amusement Park at that time. Oh so very um, prejudiced, very racial in that area mm -hmm. where we grew up at. Yeah. Yeah. But things have changed Things quite a bit. have changed tremendously. Yeah. Um, had a great time growing up. Um, you know, back in that day, we could leave the house in the morning with our bicycles and just travel all over the neighborhood and play and and eventually go to the park and not have to worry about any uh, harassments or anything anything like that. So mm -hmm. it's changed. Um, we do have a uh, reunion every Father's Day weekend on the Saturday. We just had one uh, a couple of Saturdays ago. Of the people that lived in that area? Of the people in the neighborhood, How about yes, that? So yes wow. in that area. And it's great. It's good, good time to see you know all the ones that we grew up with, um, those that are leading it, usually invite a, a former teacher mm. that we had back from grade school and nice. days, and it's just a wonderful time. Wow, that's really neat. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you hear about people doing neighborhood get-togethers and stuff, mm -hmm. but over all those years, yes. wow, all those years. that's really impressive. Back. It's really yeah. nice. The emphasis on history and memory is, is really important, you know, and, yes, and we have a is. tendency to let that fade away, but it doesn't sound like you're letting that fade no, anytime no. soon. And I'm really thankful for those, uh, Michael Sahir, uh, who uh, grew up right in back of me, actually. Uh, he's kind of leading that charge, nice. and he's um, somehow, he always seems to be able to go back in time and get mm -hmm. names, and he puts pictures out there that, you know, we we forgot that we even made when we were teenagers. You nice. Know, that, that yeah, HP's so. shaking his head up and down, big smile on his face <laughs> over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bringing back memories for HB yeah, too. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. HB saying that there used to be a show here about such things. So we're grateful to hear about the history. Uh, and I wanted to tie that in in particular to your church mm -hmm. because, you know, more and more churches are doing what your church is doing, which, you know, should be done everywhere. And that is to have a more, uh, we use the term diverse church today. Um, tell us a little bit about the church that you attend and its emphasis on that to include all different kinds of folks from all different kinds of ethnicities and backgrounds. Yes. Well, the Caring Place is definitely a unique uh, church that God is use, using mightily. Um, uh, it's on the corner of, of 30th and Post Road. Um, we have over 40 different ethnic groups that are repre That's represented fantastic. there. 
we are we are highly focused on missions. Um, our pastor John Sousa is is heavily mission minded. Our executive pastor Jamie Bell and just the whole pastoral staff. Mm. We are. It's just amazing. Uh, we when we have our mission Sundays, um, we just have you know missionaries come back and we just have a whole stage and our and our sanctuaries is filled with uh, missionaries from all over the world um, and it's great that we're you know that we're focused like that we give heavily to missions actually my wife and i last summer a year ago this month was able to go to a mission trip to africa to tanzania to be exact and wow. that was a life-changing eye-opening experience is just for the sake of asking is uh, is your church focused on foreign missions that is a mission outside of the united states uh both we do missions outside of the united states and we do missions inside actually we have a missions trip to orlando um next month okay in in, in august uh in the july first of august mm -hmm. and uh we we do do mission trips here in the united states Very as good. well we should uh, talk sometime about uh about Comenius and a connection to the caring place sure. that way. That would be kind of fun to talk that through. Uh, the opportunities that are presented to you now because of the kind of church that you're in and their mm -hmm. focus on missions uh, really is something that was greatly beneficial to you. Uh, just yes. recently, you and your wife were on a missions trip, as you just mm -hmm. suggested. And I, I think it would be really important for everybody to hear about that particular trip. So take that in any direction that you would like to. Uh, tell us about the importance of missions in your life. Yes. Well, of course, um, missions, well, let me go back. I think the um, the appetite for missions came after uh, high school. A month after I graduated from high school, I went into the U.S. Navy, and my first ship was out of Pearl Harbor, and I went on a uh, cruise uh, to Southeast Asia. Uh, Vietnam was firing up again, and so they sent my ship, which was an escort, um, to escort the USS Enterprise in Southeast Asia. So in the midst of that, we just traveled and we went to, you know, just all kind of ports there. And, and then once uh, the evacuation of Vietnam fired up, they sent us there. So we spent 45 days in Vietnam and, mm. and went through all that. So my hunger for, um, for uh, overseas, you know, was there. So as, mm. when I came back home and you know, as God started working in my life, um, was looking for a church that had that was mission-minded, mm -hmm. and that's where it, it really came from. So when the opportunity came to uh, be able to go on the mission trip to uh, Tanzania, uh, we were asked to go, and we went, and it was just, it was again, it was just life-changing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, our first. Um, week there was the week of Ramadan and we know how God just orchestrates things and we were just able to see what that really means to the Muslim world mm -hmm. and as we were there um, we we went very rural you know we would travel three or four hours on the main road then we would go off-road mm -hmm. and travel up the mountains for another two or three sometimes four hours to uh, to the churches that were there uh, they were very well very glad to see us, very excited when our buses pulled in. We traveled on two small buses. It was a team of 19. And when we would pull in, they would they would just be singing and dancing and welcoming us. And we would go and we have a, a program that we do called 
uh, Sidewalk Sunday School, and that's what we did. We mainly focused on children, but we also uh, just ministered to those, you know, the grown-ups that were around as well. Yeah. And it was just, it was tremendous. Um, I think it was, um, I think last count, the missionary that uh, greeted us uh, and supported us there, I think it was maybe close to 100 that gave their life mm -hmm. to Christ. And, wow. And that's just what was able to be counted, mm -hmm. you know. And so we just had a, a, it was a very good time. We took our own speakers and we were playing. You could hear um, Christian rap and, you know, mm -hmm. the heavy bass sound all over the, the jungle and all wow. over the land that we were huh. there. Yeah. And it was just really good. It was mm -hmm. life changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was it that drew you and your church to Tanzania in particular? Uh, just visiting um, a missionary that was there. Okay. Um, I think a lot of times the missionaries will ask our pastor, you know, is anybody that can come? And, mm -hmm. and so it was kind of set up that way. That we so your church not only sends people on, on these short-term trips, which is what you're describing uh -huh. to everybody, yeah. uh, but you support missions and specifically missionaries uh, through financial support from yes, your church. Absolutely. So yes. how many missionaries does your church support? You have a pretty large church, Oh, right? yeah, we do. We yeah. have a pretty large church. Um, I don't know the exact count, but I would say at least 100 missionaries. Oh, my word, 100 missionaries yeah, all over church. the world. Yeah. And do these yeah. missionaries actually come from your church, or some of them do? or Some of them do, um, and I don't know exactly where they come from or how they are you know, um, how we come to support them, but that's, you that's know, fantastic. are over that. I mean, yeah. you know, you're talking about a hundred different connections yes. throughout the world that mm -hmm. your church has. That's, yeah. that's really kind of mind blowing for anybody that's listening, mm -hmm. saying, wow, one church is supporting yeah. that many people. Yeah. So thinking about this particular trip, when you came away from Tanzania, you came away from the short term trip, what was it that shifted or changed for you, if anything? What new ideas did you have, or maybe what was reinforced uh, in your life? Well, being that my wife and I are empty nesters, um, we we came to the conclusion, and we were already all in for Christ. You know, our our we we our ver life verse is is uh, Galatians two twenty, where we're we're crucified with Christ, and it's no longer what we want but it's him. So he directs our lives and our passion is to be available for whatever God wants, you know? So we determine that when God opens up the door for us and when he speaks to our hearts, we will, we're ready to go. You know, it's like what, you know, what the prophet said, here I am, send me. And that's our, that's how we live. Here we are, send us. And last um, May, my wife was able to go uh, on a mission trip to Croatia oh, wow. uh, with our church. They went over wow. to to help um, uh, be with missionary kids. Mm. They had missionary kids from all over the world to meet in Croatia. And, and uh, the team, our pastor and the executive pastor went over and uh, took a team with them that, to be able to minister to the missionary kids while the missionaries themselves were able to be uh, be poured into yeah. and be ministered to, which is very important. Sure you know? is. Yeah. yeah. And that's what that's what the missions trip to Orlando is about as well. Mm -hmm. You know, there'll be um, missionaries from all over the world coming 
to meet in Orlando and our team will go and help that. And they'll be doing some other things as reaching out as well. Okay. Now, as I recall, I, re I think I saw a picture of your wife in France and you weren't there and she was excited. Yeah. And was that the Croatia yeah, trip? She was in Italy or in Paris. In Paris. Yeah, yes, yeah. she was. Okay. Yep. I wasn't able to go. I had to stay and, and work, but uh, she was able to go and she had a great time, of course. And uh, she, of course, she came back and said, well, we, we, we need to go back to to uh, Paris, and it probably won't be a missions trip, but it'll be a pleasure trip. <laughs> That's so okay. You can have those to trips, yeah, too. Right. Those are Absolutely. good trips. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Boy, you guys but, are becoming quite the international couple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we would like to go more. Actually, um, our, we have a missions trip that's scheduled for Thailand coming mm. up. Uh, I think that's wow. in January. Uh, we're, uh, and it's not a missions trip per se, but uh, we're scheduled to go to Jerusalem or to um, wow, Israel, yeah, yeah. In Israel in September. Wow. Yeah, we're not sure we're going to be able to make that one um, next year. So far, um, uh, Columbia in August of next year. Wow. So, yeah, we're always planning mission Wow, trips. your passport is well yeah, used, man. It is. It That's is. impressive. Yeah. yeah. And a Navy man to boot, you, mm -hmm. know? Uh, you know, coming up next week on the 4th of July weekend, remembering uh, what a great yes. place that we live in and thankful for all the folks that have served. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're Absolutely. grateful for that. Yep, I'm proud to be a um, U.S. Navy veteran, a Vietnam yeah. veteran. Vietnam vet, yeah. yeah. When uh, you were talking about the evacuation from Vietnam, I was I was just thinking through the, the years there. That was 1975, as I recall. 1975, yes, yeah, sir. So you were in 71 to 75? Was I was in from 73 to 77. 73, 77. Yes. So you were in hot zones as well as keeping the peace afterwards. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes. There, you know, there's an awful lot of folks, just to kind of make a, say a word here uh, about July 4th and next week. Uh, we often forget those who have served and uh, don't appreciate the place that we're living in. And so I just wanted to make sure that, that we say a word about that. Uh, we will not be having a broadcast next week because of the holiday, uh, but always grateful. Of course, you'll see me on social media uh, push that out pretty heavily next week. But uh, nice to have a Navy man in the studio yes. here today. Grateful Amen. for that. Um, so uh, I wanted to just finish up our segment here on missions uh, because in the next segment, in the second part of our hour, we want to talk about the men's ministry that you have okay. and the focal point awesome. on that. But in terms of missions, when you think about this, how are you encouraging other people to be involved in missions? Is there something specific that you're doing? Uh, do you just talk to individuals about it? Do you just kind of share your story? How does that happen for you? Well, our church puts it out there um, in a great way. They announce it on Sunday mornings and on Wednesdays whenever we're together, you know, as a body. And they encourage people, you know, encourage our congregation that if you have never been on a missions trip, mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it would be great to go on one because it is life-changing. Mm -hmm. uh, we know a lot of um, our people never go anywhere, you know, mm -hmm. and they're just born and raised in the one city and they never get outside of that. Mm -hmm. And I know that growing up, as I grew up, and it really, the world really never opened up to me until I left mm -hmm. my city, left my state, 
left my country yeah. and went abroad, and then I seen how other right. people lived. You and you know? crossed the Pacific Ocean on a boat. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's not yes. forget that. Yep. <laughs> the high seas, oh, literally. That's a whole nother. That's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, it is. We have to have yeah. you back to discuss yes. that. <laughs> yeah, lived on a ship for four years, one month, and eleven days. Oh so, my word, the yeah. man remembers yeah, that. Oh, yeah. That uh, oh, kind yeah. of emblazoned. I can get them. it down to the hours and seconds too, probably. <laughs> oh <laughs> my word. Enough. <laughs> one way or the other, we yeah. remember those events, don't yeah. we? Well, we're going to take a one-song break, but when we come back, we're going to have more discussion with Howard Bellamy about his great work at the Caring Place, uh, campus pastor there. Uh, we've just been discussing with him the issue of missions and his focal point. Uh, he and his wife's focal point on missions is church. And in the next uh, segment of this program, we're going to talk about the men's ministry and Howard's investment there. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. One song break. We'll be right back. Facebook Live, we are still here. Uh, we will not go anyplace. I always tell our guests, yes, we're still on camera, so, okay. you know, make sure that you remember that. Uh, some people, you know, are a little hinky about those things, but yeah. I'm sure you're not. Um, no. Yeah, so any uh, any words from uh, cyberspace out there, HB, we need to address or talk uh, to? I'm not getting to hear that. People are on your page, but it's not showing me who's on your page. So mm. you probably do see better on your phone. Okay. All right. My page, Miss Carol Calvin is watching, Anthony Boyd is watching, Bishop Joshua Humphreys, Stephanie Brown, David Jones, uh, Chico Brown, Michelle Beckwith, amongst others, Phil Coleman. Okay, great. Yeah, watching us there live. Uh, of course, Mom is either listening or watching, so yeah, hey, Mom, and everybody else out in Denver that uh, tunes us in every Wednesday at your t in your time zone uh, at your place. So thanks for joining us again. Uh, we're always grateful for all of the people that uh, connect with us. And, of course, we've got listeners around the world in one form or another that tie into uh, HB's Radio Next, so we're grateful for that. Later on, as I've already suggested, uh, this will be archived, and then uh, we'll also have this on a podcast later on that you can find on the iTunes channel. So you can look for us at iTunes, uh, the Warp and Woof Radio Show, uh, you can uh, connect with us there. Don't uh, miss the uh, emphasis that we had here this week on uh, respecting authority. Uh, check that out at warpandwoof.org. Uh, uh, that's an important uh, episode, I think, for everybody to get a handle on, respecting authorities. And then uh, this next week, again, just uh, a shout-out to everybody. We, we're going to be taking the week off from broadcasting on the holiday week, so uh, look forward to our time again with everybody back that second week in July. So how's it going for you so far? Great. Yeah. Yeah. You, you seem Great. real comfortable, man. Yeah. Look at you. I am. Yeah. I need to do it more often. You just kind of you just kind of <laughs> slid into the seat, just yeah. took off running. That was great. And it was really cool, by the way, to hear about the neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, not many people talk about neighborhoods, but mm -hmm. you know, y'all have yeah. obviously connected. We have a great neighborhood. I neighborhood I grew up with. Have you? Yeah. 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 Oh, I understand. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the real deal. I wondered if you could get a picture of just the two of us here. Get us a nice shot. We're gonna. What do you want me to look? 
Oh, yeah, oh. just look at him. Yeah, oh, okay. All right, you know, y'all already out there on pose. <laughs> yeah, we got to get mark, the, pretty yeah. mark. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, HP gives me a hard time about being the pretty boy, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell you what the women think. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Watch out now. Robin's listening today. Yeah, she's home out of school now. Oh, Careful. Yeah. She, she <laughs> and I work with her too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is this our commercial? Yes. Okay. We come in after this. Okay. After this commercial. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next.TV at the Cool Groove site. Every Wednesday, 11 to 11.50. Glad to be back here again for the second segment of our show, Warp and Woof Radio. Here at Radio Next with Howard Bellamy in our first section, first segment of our show, uh, we were asking uh, Howard about his good work through the Caring Place, through the emphasis on missions, and it's really great to hear that such a great church has so many missionaries and so many great endeavors uh, that get folks who are Christians here in Indiana and, and acquaint them with all kinds of folks in and around the world. We're grateful to hear about these kinds of churches and these kinds of ministries, so thanks ever so much. Uh, all the staff, pastors, folks from The Caring Place, uh, glad to be acquainted with you and the opportunities that we might have to can make these connections into the future. But Howard, as we uh, come into the second segment, uh, I also know that you're committed not just to the missions movement, but also to men's ministry. Yes. Now, men's ministry can take lots of different directions. It can go look lots of different ways, depending on who you are and what church you're in or what organization you're in. Just tell us broadly and generally about your interest in men's missions as a whole. Okay. Um, my, my hunger for men's ministry started uh, after I gave my life to Christ. And uh, when I started looking back and, and just really asking myself, why am I the way I am, mm. you know, and, and looking at my past and the mistakes that I made and just the consistent a way that I lived, and I wanted to know why. And, and as I was growing in faith, as I was growing in the Word, um, I started listening to men like Tony Evans and Chuck Swindoll and, <clears throat> and other men that were preaching and teaching the Word, John MacArthur and others. And I started getting from the Bible what the definition of a real man was. Mm. And then growing up, I never got that. I never mm. was never explained to me how, as a as a as a man or as a male, how I was supposed to conduct myself. Mm. You know, I did get that teaching, but it was from the world's perspective. Mm. But I was hearing something totally different. And so as I started diving into it and started learning and and was was bringing it on in because I had had a failed marriage at that point, you know, and. As I and and growing up, when I look back at my dad and and the men in my family and the men around me, I started realizing there was a lot of of dysfunction and mm. there's a lot of of tragedy. And I I knew it was because they themselves didn't know. Mm. You know, uh, definitely not trying to throw 
any any of them under the bus, but they just didn't know. And and so I realized that God had revealed the truth to me, and so I set out on a course and just prayed and and knew that God was calling me to get the word out of what what what's the definition of a real man? Mm-hmm. What does a real man do? You know, is it that he can hold his liquor? You know, mm-hmm. he can drink, he can he can party, he can do all that. Does that make him a real man, or is mm-hmm. it that he can? Um, he he can be good with the with the women. He can get all mm-hmm. the girls, and and he can he can go that route. Does that really make him mm-hmm. a real man? What's the definition? The world has its definition, but um, when I got a hold of the biblical definition, I knew that was the truth, and I set forth mm-hmm. my life um, to put that. That word really out there. kind of gives us a great framework to work from. HB, you want to oh, jump five in? Five seconds, man. Josh Bellamy says, hey, dad. So I, I would be remiss. If yeah. I did. Oh, oh, there you go, so dad. Check you out, yeah. dad. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure my daughter, Ashley, is listening as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you know, this sets a great precedent then for your own sons. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about the importance yes. of them and their futures, and the way that you now think about this and conduct your yourself. So, you know, obviously this is, you gave us kind of a broad overview of, of this for you, thinking back on your history and where you've come from and that kind of thing. Tell us about, when, obviously you're listening to pastors preach, Swindoll, MacArthur, uh, Evans, uh, folks like this. Uh, when you think about what you do now and what mm-hmm. your focal point should be for the rest of your life, how are you going to implement your passion and your heart for men's ministry? How will you be going about doing that? Well, as being um, serving as a campus pastor at the Caring Place, uh, one of the things that I know uh, that I'm doing that God has opened the door to do is have is is lead the men's ministry. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we advertise that we put it out there to men. We meet every other Saturday at night, 9 a.m. at the church, you know. Uh, we've been having different studies. Um, we just finished an awesome time uh, using um, a, a study that took us to a man and his story. Mm. And it, you know, one of the, the one of the first episodes was to look back at our lives, what mm. I did years ago. I looked back, why am, why am I the way I am? Who, who in my life help form me to those things and sure. the abuse and and the the neglect and the uh, you know the dysfunction and all that that was mm-hmm. there and then we 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 looked at the father wound you know mm-hmm. because all of us men have wounds that we haven't addressed you know they have went back in our in our hearts and our mind and said we well, you know that wasn't right you know and then we looked at the mother wound mm-hmm. you know and I'm telling you that so many men had not done that. Mm-hmm. And when we looked at those wounds and they were able to realize just how, how it affected their lives, the, 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 how they treated women and how they treated their children and, and choices that they make, they mm-hmm. realized those are wounds that they had to go back and, 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 to, and to deal with. And so one of the episodes that we uh, looked at was how to forgive. Mm-hmm. how to forget and how to repent and how to give that over to God as well and be able to go forward as men of God knowing who we are in him that yeah those things happen mm-hmm. but going forward 
you know, I don't have to allow that or allow the enemy to use that to continue to make me or entice me to mm -hmm. still go down that road. You know, right. I learned that uh, coming up as well, that I didn't have to continue going down that road of, of alcohol abuse, of drug abuse, and, you know, of, of not knowing the proper um, or what the purpose of a, a woman was mm -hmm. in my life. Then the Bible teaches us all of that. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot of men, even in our churches, that still don't know that. So that's, mm -hmm. that's basically where our, our men's group is right now. That's what we're studying uh, starting this Saturday. And any man that's listening to me, I want to invite this Saturday, we're going to start a study with Tony Evans' uh, Kingdom Man. Mm. This is how to be a kingdom man, mm. because even though the guys at the caring place, we just went through a, the, the extended study of, of who we are. You know, we've asked for forgiveness. We know our wounds. We've taken care of that. Some of the men even went back to their dads that they haven't seen and their moms and asked wow. for forgiveness and, and that type of thing. This has been a lot of healing. Wow. So our next step is to go through Tony Evans kingdom man series and find out what is, what does God uh, specifically say about us as men mm -hmm. and how we're to conduct ourselves. Well, you can't get any better than Tony yeah. Evans. You know, right. there's yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, let's say that right up front. Um, something that kind of struck me as you were telling about, you know, folks going back and asking forgiveness or repenting of certain things that have happened in their life, or maybe yeah. even seeking it from those who have hurt them. Yeah. Uh, when you think about our culture, the culture in which we live today, mm -hmm. the United States of America, 2019, uh, what do you think the biggest issues are that men face in this culture? Is the definition of what a man is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that the definition has totally been uh, redefined. You know, what what does a man do? You know, who is who are we? Uh, I think most men don't realize that this how powerful we are. Mm -hmm. You know, we have the power to destroy generations. You know, I look at in my family, you know, if, you know, if one man drops the ball, then it can affect generations. And we see that in the Bible as well. It didn't, it didn't just start with mine, but mm -hmm. it started back when Adam dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why the world is like it is now, right. because one man dropped the ball and it continues that way. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I think that, well, I know that men, we don't realize just how powerful we are. And once I came to that conclusion, Dr. Echo, was um, when, I, when God saved me and filled me with his Holy Spirit, um, and I realized who I was, and I look back at where I came from, you know, I, was, I had uh, 22 years with the federal government, and when I got out of the Navy, I started working for the federal government. 22 years, God saved me in that. I was a first-generation Christian, uh, that I knew of, <clears throat> so I resigned from my position, my my plush government position, and I left there, resigned, went to work at Heritage Christian School because I wanted my children who were one and preschool at the time, I wanted them to have a Christian education. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, you know, again, Galatians 2.20 wasn't about me. It's what God was calling me to do. And I caught a lot of flack with that because 22 years and it's, you know, it's just a thing where men, 
you know, you, you work a job 30 years, you know, especially African-American men, mm-hmm. you know, if you got a good paying job, good government job or a job at a plant or whatever, you work that job till you retire, then you, you go home and you, you wait for the mailman and you live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew that that wasn't what I was supposed to do. So I resigned, went to Heritage Christian School and enrolled my kids there because I wanted them to grow up in the truth, you know, not throwing uh, the public school system under the bus. But, you know, I just wanted them. It it was just placed on my heart to to do that. Sure. That's a sacrifice. And they graduated from there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there hadn't been in my family, there wasn't a, a big emphasis back then on education. You know, if you graduated from high school. Uh, you were doing something well, you know, and so, you know, being that it, it, it really, it was a game changer in, in for my you, family. Yeah. For your uh, family. It caused me to go back and get, uh, even though I was 56 when I got my, my pastoral degree, but, you know, I, I studied, mm-hmm. you know, as I was raising my kids and it took a while. That's where we met, you know, at, at Crossroads Bible College and, you know, I just kept going and kept going and it finally graduated with a pastoral degree in 2012. This uh, this really is a, a wonderful testimony. So for those of you, by the way, who don't have a clue that if you have a government job, you pretty much have a lifetime employment. Uh, understand what Howard gave up to do what he did. Uh, so when we're talking about sacrifice, we're talking about what does a man do? A man sacrifices for others. He takes responsibility for these things. And certainly uh, something that you've done, uh, Howard, for your family. Um, when you think about that in kind of reverse order, when you come back to history, kind of like when you go to back to your neighborhood, when you go back to that history, do you ever think to yourself, boy, that was a really dumb move. I really messed that up. I shouldn't have done that. Leave my government job. No, not not at all, because the way God does a thing, um, he, he calls me or put it in my heart. I had to burn all the bridges as I left, you know, because at human nature, you know, I would have left, you know, bridges there where in case that didn't work out, I could go back. But he, he had me to burn all the bridges back there where I was just out there and, you know, I had to focus and trust him. Yeah. But as I look back, you no, know, I, I did the, did the right thing, you know, and it was anything that we do for Christ, it's going to cause for a sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. sure. Um, the, the pay was less, um, the, 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 um, a lot of, uh, amenities and things that I had with the federal government, I didn't have there. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, there was great, there was, I was in a Christian environment and mm-hmm. it was just, a, it's a great place to work. And I'm still there today. Yeah, you're still even, there. even though I've left a couple of times, you know, the tragedy of one of the things that God brought in my life was as um, uh, being married um, after I gave my life to Christ, he blessed me with a wife and we were married 20 years and she uh, was uh, diagnosed with lung cancer. And after 20 years of marriage, uh, she died, you know, um, with all the prayers and believing that God was going to heal her and, and still just holding on to who I am as a man, as a, as a father, not confusion, you know, getting angry with God because of that. Because growing up, I never seen a successful marriage, you know. And yeah. then God saves me and he gives me a godly wife and, and we're 20 years into this thing and 
things are going well. We're in ministry, and she was a, a fantastic pianist, and I was a drummer for 20 years, mm. and we were in music ministry, and I was in Bible college uh, following a, a calling to, to teach and preach, and and then and she ups and she dies, you know, and so that put me in a tailspin, and um, again, after getting angry with God, trying to figure out why so I can make sense of this thing, and the only thing I heard from him was, was Howard, do you love me? Uh, kind of like what he did with Peter. Howard, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, just do what I called you to do. I remember this yeah. like it was yesterday, frankly, you and I, and that very first class we had. Um, in fact, I think it was the first class I was teaching at Crossroads then back in 2009. And one of the things that we constantly talked about was the issue of the sovereignty of God. Yes. And the questions that kept oh, coming yeah. up and all of the questions you had had to do with this very event in your life because, you know, it's raw, it's real, it's mm -hmm. some, something that just happened or at least in the recent past. And, um, yeah, I remember those questions yes. and some of the yeah. discussions that we had and the, the, the difficulty and the angst that comes with all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, just to say to everybody, this stuff isn't easy. You know, when you become a believer in Jesus, um, things don't get easier. They get more difficult in many respects. And so I don't, you know, the health and wealth gospel, I've never really understood that. Uh, what I see a lot more of is Job and the benefits that we find uh, in and through the life of Job. And so uh, we have tremendous uh, assurance. We have tremendous hope. But sometimes we have to go through difficult times we do. to get there. I think, and God orchestrates that. I mean, I don't, um, as warriors of Jesus Christ, and we as men, we, we look at ourselves as warriors. And, and having been on a battlefield and in a real war, you know, I'm able to see in the Christian realm, that's, that's who we are. Yeah. We're warriors. Mm -hmm. And men need to, to realize that, that we do have an enemy that hates us, mm -hmm. who... The Bible tells us that his his whole what he lives for is to steal, kill, and to destroy us as men. And again, even if he doesn't kill us, that if he can make us ineffective mm -hmm. in our homes, you know, that it 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 affects generations for who knows how long. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it just goes and goes and goes. <clears throat> yeah, the know? difficulty of this. So it's it's wonderful to hear that. There are positive ministries such as your own and to men uh, at the Caring Place. And the kinds of uh, studies that you're doing on a Saturday morning are really powerful and helpful yes. as well. Um, so because your son gave you a shout out this morning, yes. you know, how, how is it being a dad to young men? And how does that the segue, the men's ministry segue with your own family? Yes. Um, it, it's, I'm still... Getting used to that, you know, having five grandsons, you know, and having two sons, you know, my oldest son is, um, I think he's 39, getting ready to be 40, wow. you know, and, and my son Josh is 31. Uh, so that's a different dynamic, you know, it's, it's having to allow them to live their own life, which they are. And I'm mm -hmm. not one of those parents that, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, just encouraging them, you know, son, you know, you know, and they have to, like me, they have to get out there and make their own mistakes. You yeah. know? But they have a foundation that 
you know, they're not going to go too far out there if they mm -hmm. go far at all. You yeah. know, so it's a different dynamic. I see the the um, importance of coming alongside my grandsons. Mm -hmm. You know, I have two that live in Anderson, so they're kind of you know not real far away, but don't see them as much as I would like to. But God's just been impressing on me to that's my next sacrifice to start getting with my grandsons mm -hmm. more often. And, you know, the dads are doing a great job, but, you know. When you think about this, what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm going back to your history and I'm saying, you know, this is what you've said. This is where you came from. So right. there were lots of difficult issues. It wasn't really very clear to you how to be a man when you were growing right. up, as you suggested. You're involved in a men's ministry now where people are going back and, and dealing with what it means to be a man as well as, the healing that has to take place in some of those situations and lives. Right. Uh, and now, you know, you have your own sons and you have your own grandsons. Yes. And I guess really the question uh, to consider for all of us is how are we going to uh, make sure that the things that we had to endure or deal with that our sons and grandsons don't have to? Yeah. The only thing we can do is, is keep the word of God in front of them. You know, if, if, by me teaching and my sons knowing the word of God, they can teach it to their sons. So, and, and leaving a legacy, you know, mm -hmm. I think, you know, being in my middle sixties now, you know, it's, it's still, and, and the enemy never gives up, you know, he wants to take us down, especially if he can get me at this stage of life, you know, what kind of message does that send? And we see on the news where, where older men are, you know, um, listening to the voice of the enemy and they're um, doing things that will affect right. the, the, the male seed that's around them, mm. you know. That matters. And when I think about, you know, your own personal history and where you've come from and, and the place that you are now, to mm -hmm. forecast or think about what that future might actually look like is, yeah. is a big deal. So it's really fun, you know, from one grandparent to another, it's yeah. really fun to hear, um, you know, I really see my my next step or my next sacrifice as a man to to put into my grandsons mm -hmm. and the the major import that's going to have yeah. in their lives and not only my grandsons you know um i was it was a period where as i was praying to god i said you know i want to i want to take this message out even further and what he what he let me realize and brought to my attention that not only in my church, but also where I work. Mm. I work for Heritage Christian School, you know, and these, at least once, sometimes maybe twice a year, uh, I'm asked to, to teach or to do a chapel, be a chapel speaker. And then when I, when I was praying, he said, you've got four or 500 males mm. there, you know, and so, um, so he's put some things in my heart to ask the administrators about uh, ministering to the males there as well, even though I do have a small group of middle schoolers that I meet with once a month during the school year. So, That's great. so God has shown me that I'm right on target with what he's called me to mm -hmm. do. And this is just about me pouring my life out and just continuing to study and to um, be ready to minister to, to it sure seems to me like you know God's grace in and through your life for all of these years has brought you so far from your own history your own personal history yes. 
uh, to the place that you're at today and the obvious opportunities, not only in your own family, but at your school, uh, certainly at your church, and then in the individual lives of men. It's really fantastic to hear about all this. That's my passion. You know, men's ministry, watching men grow is my passion Mm. because I, I know that's God's passion, mm. you know. It has been from the very beginning when He made Adam, you know, and then you know, Adam got caught up, and we men have have followed that as well. Mm. But then that's why Jesus Christ came. That's why mm. God sent Him is to redeem us back to Him, mm. that we can be who He's called us to be in mm. Him. Because all our power, all our might, our strength, everything comes from Him. Mm. You know, we grew up as men you know, as little boys thinking, you know, we've got to go in and be and imitate Rambo or, mm-hmm. you know, we got to go in in Vietnam. The, the same was kill them all and let God sort them out, mm-hmm. you know, but, but we as men, that's not what we do. You know, we love them all and then let God sort them out, mm-hmm. you know, so we, yeah. we love them, introduce them to Jesus Christ and let them know who they really are and how powerful they are in Jesus Christ. A whole different approach to life and certainly manhood. Howard Bellamy, Jr., we're grateful for your presence today. Thanks ever so much for joining us. It's been a great show uh, talking about missions and men's ministry. Uh, I can't think of a better way to close out the month of June. So God's blessing on you, your wife, your family, your grandchildren, your children, uh, your ministries at church and school. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Except for next week, over the July 4th holiday week, we're going to take a break, along with everybody else, I suspect, and enjoy uh, living in this great country of ours, the United States of America. We're grateful to live here, thankful for all that have made it what it is, grateful for not just the place and the time, but of course uh, for our Lord who has given us this place and time to live. Uh, Jesus, we're grateful for him as well. For the scriptures uh, that where we learn about the universal principles of all of life. Thanks ever so much for joining us. We'll return the first or the second week actually in July. And until then, blessings on the holiday.